I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Pete Reese. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. It's happened again. It's happened again. Bolton Wanderers, it's happened again. What an absolute sensational day. Bolton Wanderers nil, Wigan Athletic 4. Still buzzing so much from yesterday. Start to finish, brilliant. Yeah, well, I think we all years, predicted 4-0, didn't we? Nine years it'll be. By the time we play them again, it'll be nine years since they last registered a win. The biggest derby in the North-West. No, the biggest derby in England. No, the biggest derby in Europe for Bolton Wonders, but not for us. Our big derby is Manchester United, isn't it? Oh, no, that's them <laughs> who say that, Anyway, they can't even beat Little Wigan Athletic on their own yeah. patch. 4-0, 2 I'm just absolutely buzzing. Top of the league. They won all the games. Well, if you look at if you take our eight points, what we've got minus, and give them us back, there's only one team top of this league, and it's Wigan Athletic. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous display yesterday. Slight change in the uh, in the formation as we said. Well, I say formation with Kel Watts coming in. We had a, a left-footed centre half. A little bit unfair on Morrison to see him left out because I don't think he's done anything wrong at all. In fact, I think he's been superb. But it gives us a lot of balance at the back. He's a strong guy as well, isn't he? You know, I think very good in the air, and I think that that might have been part of his reasoning. But you got to remember that we've got three good centre halves there. And I think like two years ago, if you remember, Watts was left out quite a lot, uh, even though he was a great player. You know, the the numbers just didn't add up for him to play. So I think having that little bit of rotation sometimes keeps it fresh. It means people can't get complacent. And I could understand where he was coming from, certainly more than that substitution against Northampton. I think it's allowed Pierce to get forward a lot more as well with it. Having a natural left footer, though. You, you look at Sean Maloney's decisions, whether it's um, line-up, uh, the way that we're set up on the pitch, or his substitutions, you have the feeling you understand every one of them. Bringing Pierce back, in a, in a sense, was no-brainer, a no-brainer because James McLean left. Pierce seems to be back to the Pierce that we know, getting forward and curling some absolutely fantastic crosses in. And he's uh, he got another assist yesterday, which is, I think, that is that three assists at least for the season now. He looks fantastic. And Kel Watts, I think, I, I saw somebody saying, um, which might have a lot of truth, that perhaps his ability with the, the long-range pass uh, uh, cross-field is, is perhaps a bit better than Morrison's, and that's perhaps what won him his place in the team. I, d- I don't know if that's true or not. I can't, I can't judge that. But he certainly did his defensive duties fantastically well, as did all of them. Every single one of them, absolutely fantastic yesterday. Going off what, what you're saying, though, essentially it's difficult to pick a man of the match because I find it tough when all of them had good games. There was nobody below seven. For me, so I think it's just a matter of opinion who you like to the best on the day yourself. But I think mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have surprised me, apart from Tickle, if any of the outfield players would have got the man of the match yesterday because they're all exceptional. And the only reason Tickle was good, but he just didn't have to do a lot, did he? Talking about that, I'm, I'm not going to say who was the man of the match at this moment in time, but I looked on some uh, two stat size sites which uh, do individual player stats. And we had one particular player on both that was under seven, 
But and I, f- and I was astounded when 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 you I mean you are going to be astounded because I'm going to tell you who it is in a second. And I was astounded to see his name there at that sort of level because I and I know what man of the match Paul he got loads of votes and it was Babaradiko. I don't know why they they make these stats anyway. The eighty percent of stats are just made up on the spot. That wasn't though. Well, that was one of the one of the twenty percent that wasn't. Mentioning anyway. a deco there, what I love about him, and I, I don't understand that, that rating for him either. What what I love about him is his you know because he's not very he's not very tall but very very strong and his ability to use his body to get between opposing players and the ball and not be moved from that position is I think is incredible. And but having said that, I think we've got several players in the team. I don't know if it's something that we've been working on over the summer in terms of individual technique. But Callum Lang's very good at that. Um, Talawasgard, Callum McManaman. Attacking players on the whole, where you think that might not be a strength of theirs, but they've all got really, really good at that. And it's a skill, I think, in it, it, on its own within football. And it's something that you didn't see a lot of amongst English players 20 years ago, oh. that ability to... to uh, protect the ball using your body to get to get your body there first. I think it's and we're doing it really well. I was just going to mention then, Callum McManaman. How many times today did he come back and assist Tom Pierce in that left back role and do exactly that? Use that yeah. little burst of pace he's got to get himself between the attacking player and the ball, and it, yeah, yeah. and he, he he won the ball numerous times, didn't he? And then it was he either did. able to lay it off or lay it upfield or turn and run with it. It's definitely something that the team as a whole have been working on. I think you can see that. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about the game. We've mentioned stats, though. I don't believe these stats. Bolton, 63% of the possession. Never. Come on, we had a lot of the ball. A lot more than that. But it says not. Attempts, they had 20. I mean, some of them efforts, what probably counted, they were, I mean, I don't, I, I, 20, 20 attempts? No. We had 11. I thought we'd more than that, to be honest. But with five on target to their force, obviously we're a lot more clinical. Corners, four to two in their favour. Uh, fouls, a very nasty team, Bolton. 18 fouls to our 11. We, we like to play decent, gentlemanly football. <laughs> but they pick, only picked up two yellow cards, where well, we picked up three. Watts, Adiko and Humphreys got boots. Can't remember what any of those weekends were, if I'm being... Humphreys was for persistent foul play, I think. I think he did two or three in the first half. I don't think it was one particular challenge. I think there were just a few they were mounting up. That disparity in shots and on-target shots and the way that you would perceive it as a fan is that they didn't have anything because they, they weren't noticeable because they were either so wide that it, I, I'd struggle to say it was a shot. And even the on-target ones were just P-rollers. Yeah. I think you only had to make one proper save. You're just P-rollers. I've not used that word in years, but it's a great word, P-rollers, to the, uh, to the goalkeeper. Yeah. So that's probably why you perceived that they had not, nothing in the game because they didn't really have any good chances and probably the possession just stacked up because they were just needlessly playing it across the back and then we we bided our time and then we just nicked it um or pushed them up the field and made them make a mistake we didn't need to have possession two three passes and we're in that's probably why the stats are as they are but possession stats are, are to me the, uh, the the two games we've won away from home I think I'm right in saying that the Derby game and the Bolton game, we had less possession, didn't we? And we had a lot more possession at Wrexham and couldn't couldn't muster a goal or a good chance. So pointless statistic possession for me. 
it's how well you make of it. Well, it is on its own, but I think if you see it's in the context of the game, you understand why that percentage was at sixty nine percent or something was uh, was the way it was. Certainly, as the as, as the game went on, that I think they had more and more percentage. But I know Barry, you said it was the, it was the same in both halves, which I was mm-hmm. surprised about. I thought yeah, to yeah, begin with, I thought tw- first twenty minutes or so. I thought we had a lot of the, the ball because we 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 played the match certainly up until the second goal went and we played the match more or less in their half. Uh, top of the goals, twelve minutes, uh, cross the ball, they needlessly chest one out for a corner, and Tom Pierce steps up, pings it into the box. They have the smallest man who plays football, marking Charlie White. No surprise that he slips him, and but he had to crouch, he had to crouch down to get his head on the ball because it it, mm. it dropped around the six yard box, but made no mistake, back of the net. Early goal, very reminiscent of when Keno bagged one in, in the last time we played up there. I'll tell you what else is very reminiscent. In that game, our number 11 scored two goals. And again on Saturday, our number 11 scored two goals. Yeah. Different names on the back of the shirts, but the same number. So we, every time we play, we've got to make sure we have a number 11. Yeah, well, that opening goal absolutely settled us down and got the got the fans buzzing, didn't it? I mean, the atmosphere after that was just unbelievable. Yeah, I think we had a good um, tempo to the game anyway. They, they had a couple of... Um, it was a bit of a, a ridiculous shake for a penalty, wasn't there? Um, down the right-hand side just before that. But I thought we started with a good tempo. I thought we looked comfortable on the ball. We did the right things when there's a big crowd up against you. You know, passed it around in the right areas. Obviously, they needlessly conceded the corner. Terrible defending, but you know that—that's Charlie White, isn't it? He's in the right place, right time, and that's what Keane was like. Just seemed to be these type of players. Just seemed to be there. It's like a magnet, isn't it? And they're, they're just—they're just there. And I think it's amazing. It's like we've got a new player, isn't it, from last season? Yeah, and talking yeah, of new seem, players, it does seem like that. Yeah. Yeah, talking of new players, that was on 12 minutes. 12 minutes later, Stevie Humphries, who does feel like a new player because he's been away for a year, comes mm. back and uh, he bags his first goal for us. It was a, an effort of, of Callum Langs, weren't it, that the keeper spilled out and a little side foot. He still had to put it away, though, didn't he? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a gaping goal as such. There was defenders no. in the way. And I thought he took it with aplomb. I like that word, with aplomb. He did. He took it with aplomb and, and went over and celebrated in front of Lofty the Lion. Which is just cruel, isn't it? It's just it's just rubbing salt into the wound to, to see poor old Lofty throwing his hands up in the yeah. air in despair. You know, you don't, you don't like to see that kind of thing. Oh, so, so that was on, on 24 minutes. And at that stage, we were really in control of that game. Thought, Adiko and Smith were absolutely superb in midfield, running running the show between them. And our wide men were, were brilliant as well. I mean, we mentioned Humphreys there. How good is he playing down that, you know, down that side? I mean, I said to you, didn't say about Carlisle, but was it a shock that he, he weren't in the starting lineup? Puts a lot in and maybe he'll, he will have to miss the odd game. But when he came on against Carlisle, uh, he went on one run. He, he looked like Maradona, didn't he? <laughs> he just beat it all, beating all the players. But he, sometimes he just he seems to barge his way through and just seems mm. to just get just get through. Doesn't he? You just think, how's he how's he got through though? How's he got a, a clear run? Uh, and yeah. I thought he used the ball better yesterday as well. I think he's got to make better decisions sometimes about when to take players on and uh, and, and when not to. Uh, he is good at that. 
And I, I must admit, I, I thought, you know, when he when I say he was last here, but you know, two years ago when he was more on the fringes of the first team, I thought he did okay, but I could understand why he was why he wasn't a regular. He always seemed to make some kind of impact when he came on as a powerful running forward. But it didn't surprise me when he went out on loan. But now he's come back, being used in a completely different position. When every game he's played up to now, he looks like he's got the beating of the fullback with his pace, and especially utilizing those long balls out of out of defence to beat the fullback. He he really really does look like a different player. Credit again to Sean Maloney for seeing something in him that um, you know playing on the wing that the rest of us perhaps haven't. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's rapidly becoming one of my favourite players in the team. Sometimes mm. interesting what a manager can see in a player that we don't necessarily see. Nobody would have said at the start of the season that he'd be on that. If he was playing, you would have thought Lang would have stayed on the right where he's been and Humphreys would have played in that more central role. So but Lang's thriving in his role and Humphreys is thriving out there on the right. So again Maloney's got that decision spot on. Yeah, and, and right on half time, weren't it? They both thrived again, both Lange and, and Humphreys, because the four minutes went up and we was right on the fourth minute and, and we had a break, a little break down down the left hand side. Lang comfortably beat the offside trap. Nobody went with him, he went on his own, cut inside, had a, an effort. And again, the keeper got down and, and parried it, but parried it to Humphreys, who had his back to go. I mean, he still had something to do to score that. Oh, that yeah, seems yeah. To, you know, but he managed to swivel and stick it in the back of the net. And 3 0 on half time. I mean, mm. we were in dreamland at this stage, weren't we? Just can I just say, though, after, I think after the second goal, it's, uh, I don't know what you two think, but it certainly seemed to me as though we took our foot off the pedal. You know, up until the second goal, I thought we'd been pushing forward an awful lot. We were really, really aggressive in terms of uh, winning the ball back and, and keeping the pressure on them. And I thought I thought we started standing off them more. So I was a little bit surprised then when the third goal came round because that was between the second and third goal. I'm not sure if we had that many uh, chances or even half chances. So to me, it came as a, a little bit of a surprise then. I think what most of us would have been thinking that is that yeah, maybe because they were looking a bit leggy out wide. Humphreys and McManaman, for me, were looking a bit leggy, but they somehow got that second win in the second half. So I think we did step off. And I think most of us would have been, well, we would have been delighted to go in at 2-0. What we didn't want to do is concede that goal before half-time. So when that, fight, whatever it was, four or five minutes went up, I was thinking, let's get out of here, 2-0. Maloney can, you know, calm it down a little bit. So I, it was a big surprise to me that we caught the third goal. Then we got our cigars out in the second half, didn't we? I, I know what you're saying, Peter, but it's sitting back. But we were managing the game. I think that was it. We was managing it through, very professionally managing it through to half-time. And exceptionally professionally, because we scored another goal. You know, so it, it was just a... Just a, a superb display. Somebody phoned me up last night and, and mentioned about when we played Newcastle a few years ago and said it was reminiscent of that, that first half. And I, I wouldn't go exactly that far, but uh, it's not too far off it because that's, that's probably possibly the best we've ever played in, in, in a game, that Newcastle game. But the way we, we played that first half last night, we really did, I thought we controlled the game uh, start to finish. And uh, and when we, we came out in the second half, he made a couple of changes, didn't he? He, he took both the, the wingers off in McManaman and Humphreys. We, we tended to go with 
wing backs. It was a very flexible formation that he seemed to be playing. But I think we just managed the game in the second half. I didn't expect us to go and get six, seven goals, although I would have liked us to have done, obviously, <laughs> and rub, really rubbed the noses in it. But I, w- I was more than delighted with the one goal. But again, what a goal. What a goal that was. And Matty Smith, another yeah. assist feeding in Charlie White. But if you cash your mind back to, to Carlisle, Barbara Deco, very similar fed Charlie White in there, didn't mm. it? You know? Mm. And, it, and it's just cutting through that midfield looks like something that, that we've been working on as well. And yeah, yeah. I thought it was a, a, an excellent goal. Poor goalkeeping, but a, but an excellent goal for yeah. us. I thought you had missed. I thought it was going over the bar. It was a bit yeah, of a yeah, yeah. yeah. When he got his it hand was, to it. Mm. Yeah, because of the spin. Nobody really, it was like a, oh, good chance. And then all of a sudden, a little pause, and then everyone jumped up. Yeah, the, I thought the the build up play, as you said, Barry, was ju- not not just with Matty Smith, but I think a deco was involved. Uh, I can't remember who else. Uh, was it Sean Clare? I'm not so sure. But the 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 three of them passing the ball around the the, the Bolton midfield to begin with, and that, that leaving Smith in the clear to put uh, Charlie White through. That that was. It, it's, it really sums up what we're about, I think, at the moment. You, you're saying about flexibility there with, um, you know, how we play, because I think this, more than anything else, is, is seems to be our attacking strength. I think the opposition don't know, can't predict what we're going to do, because as uh, Charlie said during, during the week on the podcast, you've got Sean Clare coming inside. He's not playing like a regulation fullback and sticking sticking to the wing. He's, he's coming inside as, almost as an extra midfield player. You've got Charlie Hughes, who's more than happy to break out of out of defence and, and, and uh, cause panic in, the, in, in their midfield. And then you've got, are we going to attack down the wings? Are we going to attack with the long ball? Are we going to play the ball around the midfield? It's not just about flexibility of where players are playing and so on. It's about a flexibility of, of how we're going to build an attack. And I think that's the most exciting thing about us at the moment. Was it not Scotty Smith who was involved? Because he'd come on by that yeah. stage. He was Scotty Probably Smith, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've been surprised how well he's settled into the team as well when he's come on. Because he's had cameo roles. And, well, he had one start, didn't he? just wanted to say, though, about which, uh, before we start, you were saying, Barry, that you weren't going over the top because you worry about squad depth. But you know, at the start of the season, if you just said, if you just said it, Smith and a decor, and particularly a decor in only two games, he's gone from being someone who you thought, well, maybe might be on the bench, to saying that this guy could be another find. I mean, we looked, we saw him three, four years ago as a very, very talented player in that game against Man United and the youth team. But they'd always step up. And this guy, to me, looks like he's got everything. Who else? There's a couple of players who haven't played yet as well. Uh, three players. I think Jones was on the bench yesterday, wasn't it? Jones was on the bench. I think Shaw was. And, and there's Joe Adams as well, isn't there? Who they're raving about yeah. behind the scenes. You and then know? we've got uh, it's Stones, is it? As a, Josh know, Stones. He, he, yeah. Stones, McGuinness has only just come back. Yeah. And Smith, or other Smith. The versatility uh, of some of our players means that what that gives us is if um, we do have a few injuries, and obviously at the moment we do still, because obviously Asgard's going to be out for a bit. You know, we've got other players who are coming back from injury, but we've man- managed it okay you know, so far. And the window hasn't shut yet, has it? There, there might be one or two others coming in just to beef up that. That's well. We still got. I don't know where Kerr's up to. Whether he's anywhere it's, near. It's going to be after. It's going to be after Christmas, I think, with him, isn't it? Maloney said that. Yeah. Yeah, and then he'll maybe take a bit. He's been out a long time, so he'll probably take a while to get. Yeah, yeah. 
probably not really going to see the best of him until February, March, are we really? Yeah. Probably next season. Because I Probably think he's season, coming yeah. in at that stage. You've got three three cracking centre backs there in Morrison, Watson, and Hughes. If Hughes hasn't gone, if Hughes hasn't gone for twenty five million <laughs> to AC Milan, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's eight matches now undefeated in the league under Sean Maloney. Oh yeah, the four from last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fabulous statistic. That I don't yeah. for somebody who doesn't believe in statistics, and uh, I'm, yeah. I, I see you've no you've no qualms about putting that one on the table, have you? Yeah, a fabulous game. The atmosphere was electric. The fans were superb throughout as well. Behind the team, there was a bit of banter going on with the opposition fans for about yeah. ten minutes until we scored, and then they just they went quiet. And then when that final whistle went, it were brilliant scenes with the players coming and the manager coming to the fans. And then Ali Alabsi stepped out of hospitality and gave oh. us all a wave. So obviously the, <laughs> the cry of Ali Alabsi is a blue went yeah. up, and uh, he responded very well to that as well. So. He, it was it was a very yeah. very 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 good day yesterday. Well, one of the things that I found interesting is in Twitter uh, the number of uh, compliments, if we can call them that, uh, that Bolton fans have paid us uh, after the match. Um, I think they recognise not just how awful they were, but they played against a seriously good team yesterday and, and neutral observers as well. It, I think it shows more and more that it's not. You know, we're not kidding ourselves here. We've got. A seriously, seriously good team. We have indeed. And I, I'm in a, a WhatsApp group with podcasters from around League One and they was all posting yesterday in that group about being very, very complimentary to us. Really complimentary. And the Carlisle supporters said they definitely got away with, with one on Tuesday night. So mm. it's good. The field factors there, isn't it? It's something for us to build upon. Yeah, definitely, um, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've compared as... What I've seen so far, Brazil 1970. I was thinking oh, yeah. more Holland 74, but with a little bit more steel to, to see us through to the end. Yeah. yeah. Man of the match is voted for by our listeners on, vo- on both Facebook and Twitter. Very, very close. Charlie White was in there, Stevie Humphreys, uh, Barbara Decor. But it's gone to Wigan Athletics midfield general, Matt Smith. So congratulations, Matt. Absolutely. Superb display once again in that midfield. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I'd just like to mention the referee as well. I know the Bolton fans were, were giving a bit of stick to the ref, but I thought he was he was quite decent yesterday. He weren't fussy, which is you don't want your referees to yeah. be fussy. You know, he let a few things go for both sides. To be honest, I didn't really notice him, if I'm being honest, and, um, and that's what you did, want from your refs. Did you see the referee's assistant late on in the game? I can't remember who was running. It might have been Smith running down the right-hand side. And oh, he, uh, he, he stepped. Stepped in his way. It was Clare. He flicked it over his head, didn't he? He flicked, and he yeah. apologised. Yeah. And then Clare pushed him in the back. I'm yeah. sure the referee blew up for that and give, give the give the assistant a yeah. free kick. A- Manager's comments after the game: Maloney, outstanding to a man and the substitute. The team were brilliant and brave because don't forget, Bolton were a good side. We went aggressive. Players deserve every bit of credit from first whistle to the last. And he says, "I hope the fans." enjoy every single bit of this I'm sure it, we did we did but he says he, he wants to remain humble because they're a good team who started well and to come here with the amount of academy players we have new players and at the age of the group it makes this result very special uh, I've got to agree with him there and Ian Everett I mean he was sort of complimentary towards us but he did say it felt like he'd been kicked in the nuts. So that's for the second time we've kicked him in the nuts. At least Sean Maloney actually had to do a team talk this time rather than Liam Richardson. He just had to pulse that article up, didn't he, saying yeah. that they were the best team in the league. <laughs> a quick glance at the league table. We are 
unbelievably in 19th spot, having not lost a game and got the best goal difference in the division. What's going on, though? It's as though the EFL don't like us. You'd think they'd dock us points, wouldn't you? Oh, they have. Without our dock points, we'd be sitting top of the table. That's the way it is. We have to give the rest of League One a head start. Otherwise, it isn't fair. One thing Sean Maloney missed out on there when he was saying about how well we played considering the academy players, the new players, the the uh, the age, the average age of the group is how, you know, we've massively, massively reduced the wage bill. So the players that we've brought in are on, uh, you know, a fraction of the wages that the team were two years ago. And I think all of us are probably very happy about that. But it is another factor and a, a in the kind of miracle that's taking place. Probably not with Charlie Wax goal bonuses, though. Uh, I'm sure last year we were the second oldest team, and now I think we're the second youngest team. That's a major turnaround, isn't it, to, to get from, from that. It's not like incremental, is it? It's yeah. um, slashed the OMPs, hasn't it, and brought in the, uh, brought in the youngsters. And, yep. you know, if the youngsters, a lot of these have played together for a long, long time with some really good pros alongside them. I, I, I think this is a fantastic mix at the moment. Latics, Blackpool and Pompey, the only three undefeated teams in the division. And we'll have played both Blackpool and Pompey before the end of September. So we've got those coming up. Quick look at the rest of the fixtures. August, Barnsley at home is our, our next game. will be... Uh, previewing that on Wednesday. Then we've got Blackpool away, Cambridge at home, Bristol Rovers away, and then we finish with Pompey at home at the end of September. Plus, sandwiched in there, we've got a pizza trophy game against Leicester's kids as well. A busy, busy few weeks coming up. Well, uh, so exciting games as well. On international games this time, because two years ago, we, we I think most of our actually were called off, weren't it, for internationals? I'm just thinking if, if we have enough in the squad now, because we've got McGuinness, haven't we? Jones plays. Anybody else? Is there anybody else? Tello. I think Tello, Tello counts yeah. as under 23, doesn't he? Yeah, talking yeah. Tello. So it looks like he's going to be out for a, a significant period. He won't get called up. Maybe Hughes for England. Well, you'd yeah. expect him to get a call up, wouldn't you, for, for the uh, under 20s? I don't yeah. see like, why he couldn't be played under 21s, really. I'd just... call him up for the first team. He, ju- he does just have a ridiculous level of talent, doesn't he? Um... Imagine having those two at centre-back, though, really talented ball-playing centre-backs, Hughes and Stones. They'd be a fantastic partnership. I can see it, mate. And Hughes making captain. Josh Stones was sent forward, though, isn't he? <laughs> hey, come on. Up until uh, we're back on Wednesday, so up the six and come on. Four, up the four nil ticks. Everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. Bolton, Bolton get battered. Everywhere, everywhere they go. They go.